Psalm 30, a Psalm of David, a song at the dedication of the temple. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you have healed me. O Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. You restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you, his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cry, and to the Lord I plead for mercy. What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. End of reading. So this is a cool psalm because it has a subtitle here that explains the context in which it was used. A song at the dedication of the temple. Which I think is kind of interesting because it's not like there's anything in the psalm itself that's explicitly uh temple related other than just i will sing your praises i will i will extol you like the first verse there also um but the but the main thing that stood out to me was this uh rhetorical question that david asks starting in verse 8 he says to you o lord i cry and to the lord i plead for mercy what profit is there in my death? If I go down to the pit, will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? So he's having this perspective of his life of God will sustain him for the purpose of him praising him. Um, and God redeems us from the pit for for that reason, that we would be to to his praise to his glory because uh, he says it here in verse two, "O lord my god i cried to you for help and you have healed me O lord you have brought up my soul from sheol you restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit and this psalm is implicitly saying why god redeems people why god does this he doesn't do this so that you can have uh an interesting life story like oh wow what an adventure that was so cool you should make, write a book about yourself um it says here i think implicitly that the reason god redeems people are for his purposes in verse 11 you have turned for me my mourning into dancing you have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness that in verse 12 says that which indicates purpose that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord my God, 
I will give thanks to you forever. So that's why God saves us. That's why God brings us and invites us into his temple, into his holiest of holies, uh, his, his most intimate place. That's why he does it, that our glory would sing to his praise and not be silent and that we would give thanks to him forever. Uh, so that's the kind of perspective we should have on our lives. Last thing I, I want to say, this is kind of a side note. Uh, in verse seven, it said, or verse six, sorry. It says, as for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face and I was dismayed. Uh, this is, I said it is kind of interesting because it's almost like a cliffhanger. Because the first few parts sounds like, oh, he's prosperous. He shall not be moved. And it even says here that God made this, made his mountain stand strong. But when God hid his face, even in his prosperity, when, when God hid his face or when David, um, I guess we could say, didn't sense God's presence in his life, he was dismayed. So even in David's prosperity, even with his mountain standing strong, when uh, he didn't have God at the forefront of his life, it was it was his it was to his dismay. There were there was the most important thing was missing, and so I think uh, you know the temple was on a mountain, uh, the temple in in his in Jerusalem that is, and so I think there's kind of that play on that that symbolism there about the mountain. And if, you know, you, you can have you can have this temple, you can have these structures, but if God's not in there, it should be to our dismay. And so if we, you know, I guess we could re relate it and apply it to uh, our churches and our in our homes. Uh, we can say, oh, yeah, God, God put this institution here. I, I have this because God put it here. But if God is not in there as he was in, in the temple. Uh, in the, in those days of of David and Solomon, if God is if God is not in these institutions that we're confident that He established, it should be to our dismay. So let us not forget the point of the the houses or or structures that God has that God has built up and made stand strong. It's for His His praise and His glory. So that should be for our lives and for our institutions, our houses. And, uh, and the church as a whole. So grow with the growth that's from God.